Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline 706-0111. 706-0111. Some things have changed. Some things are very similar the last two days. We're still waiting to see what's going to go on with Deshaun Watson. The Cajun baseball team had a nice win last night. Um, you know, you never know how pitching's going to go in a midweek game, especially when you pitch six, seven pitchers and uh, the chances of pitching that many pitchers and they all kind of are on that night are not real good. But, the, you know, this team hasn't been hitting. This past weekend they did hit. They got including a 17-hit performance on Sunday to win that weekend series against Houston and followed it up last night in Lake Charles with another 17-hit um, performance. You had three guys get three hits. Uh, Will Vayon, Heath Hood, and Julian Brock. And then you had Connor Kemple go two for five with a home run of a unique variety inside the park and three RBIs. So, wow. Uh, a great offensive performance for the Cajuns. They scored four runs in the first inning. They scored four runs in the eighth inning. And even though Jacob Schultz did give up a solo homer in the bottom of the night, they were able to hang on to win 10-8. So nice victory because it kind of keeps the ball rolling offensively. Now, look, you, you, it's not that's not sustainable. But when your batting average was as bad as, Normally, when you get 17 hits, I'm like, this is, this is not good. Not good. But when your batting average just a week or so ago was, you know, sniffing the Mendoza line as a team, obviously they're a better hitting team than, you know, hitting 200 or whatever they were hitting, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Their, their team batting average was horrendous. So they're just they're just making up for lost ground. Now, pretty soon here – they're going to get their team batting average. I want to say it had gotten up to about 230, and then after 17 hits, I haven't checked it again this morning, but it'll go up. If they have a good weekend at Troy, it'll go up. And once they get up to around, you know, 260, 270 range, um, you know, then it'll start to even out, level out a little more, and then you can start worrying about, you know, if they're going to get too many hits or anything. But they're, they're still making up for lost time right now. Uh, but no, the bottom line is they got to win. They've got guys kind of hitting with confidence. The weather's starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, you know, it's still chilly in the morning, but by the time they play baseball, unless we get more cold fronts in, hopefully we don't get too many more. Um, you know, their offense could be uh, where it needs to be, uh, when it needs to be, which is when conference play gets going and 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 the Cajuns. Uh, we'll start that this weekend at Troy. So we'll see how that plays out. On the softball side of things, uh, as we say, pas bon. Uh, not good. Lost two games last night. Um, the funny thing is they lost 10-2 to and 3-2. to 
for most of the game, they had a better chance of winning the 10-2 loss than they did the 3-2 loss. It was just strange. You had to kind of see the games. But um, the Cajun baseball team scored four in the first inning. And the Cajun softball team probably should have scored at least four in the first inning. But it's just kind of where they are right now. Just, you know, they, they get a hit in two walks. They load the bases with two outs. I mean, with no outs, and the other, and Texas starting pitcher is reeling. Does not look like she had any command early in this game. Batter, they they, they get a, a run on a pass ball, so you got runners on second and third, and and no outs, and you just tied the game um, after you had given them a run with an error in the top of the first, and a line drive to center field looks like you're going to at least get a sack fly. But the runner leaves early, so it becomes a double play, and you end up scoring one run in an inning that you should have scored at least a crooked number, if not a really nice crooked number in a three or four spot. And, you know, later in the game, they, 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 they didn't get any calls. Once again, um, it, that's been a theme, you know, with the baseball team and the softball team. They really haven't gotten a lot of calls at home games this year. There were a couple really bad calls in the game, and, and – this team certainly right now is not able to, to overcome that, and and they didn't. Now, you know, in game two, there was a call that essentially, if you replay the inning, if the right call is made, they score no runs. Instead, Texas got two runs, and this one wasn't even close. I mean, she was out by a full step, and the first base umpire um, botched a call. And, you know, they easily could have won the game 2-1 to one if the right call – and. And and it is aggravating, but big picture wise, um, this team's just not good defensively. They just aren't. And uh, you know, how long is it going to take? They might not be good defensively till next year. Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll see how that plays out. When you're playing a lot of young players and you're changing lineups a lot because you're trying to figure out which hitters and what's the right lineup, and all of that needs to be done. But a byproduct right now is uh, this team's just not very good defensively. And um, the good news, there were some good things last night. I thought Kramer Day, who I really like, and, and, and I kind of think she's, she's about to get more at-bats. Um, she needs to get better defensively. She has a cannon for an arm, arguably the best um, arm of any of the outfielders. But in terms of tracking fly balls and being aggressive and taking charge, she's got to get better at that. But, again, she's still a true freshman. Uh, I, you know, she got a nice double yesterday off of a left-handed pitcher that no one else for the Cajuns was getting any good swings at. I like her as a hitter, and 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 you know, again, um, you know, I was starting to wonder: Is Laney Crater hitting a freshman wall as a walk-on freshman who's been starting most games? Well, just when I started to think that, she hits a home run to left center. So I mean, uh, you know, it's still too early to give up on this team offensively. Defensively, I, I don't know that they're ever going to be uh, the kind of defensive team that it needs to be relative to the help that the pitchers need. The other good thing that happened last night, even though they lost both games, is Sam Landry pitched there, and she did. She pitched two innings. Uh, to my knowledge, she was, um, you know, there was some fear that she could be out for a while. And, and it turns out that she didn't have to be out for as long as they thought. 
and she pitched last night when I don't think that was the original plan, and she pitched two innings. She faced seven batters, got six of them out. The one she didn't get out was a homer, but uh, but still, overall, she she did she had two innings. Um, what Coach Glasgow said after was that um, that was what the um, physical therapist said she could have, and that's kind of what the doctors told him, and they um, and they heeded that, and she pitched well. So that is encouraging, uh, and hopefully she can get to a point where she can get back to the regular rotation and maybe her role even be enhanced. We'll see how that plays out long term. So it is um, – this program has not missed a regional since the last century, folks, since the late 90s. And right now, after last night's doubleheader sweep, if they don't win, the, obviously if they win the conference tournament, they're going to be in a regional. But right now, if they, if you tell me they're not going to win the conference tournament, I don't know that they're getting in a regional. I, I don't see that happening at this point if they don't win the conference tournament. Now, if they really have a typical dominant season in in, in conference play, possible. But, again, they've already lost to a bad Georgia State team, one of the worst losses in, in, in you know the last decade or so. You could argue one of the worst losses in the program's history. So um, it is um, – you know, it's a little scary right now for, for softball. But, again, the beauty of it is it's a young team, so we'll see if they can continue to progress. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to Jay. Hello. Lorna Johnson just erased everything Saints-related on his Twitter or Instagram. Or you, is that something that happened just 20 minutes ago? Is that something to read into? I don't know. Now, who, who did you say did that? C.D. Uh, CD Deuce. Well... He he was one of the original rumors of going to the Texans. Uh, one of the first trade offers that we heard was that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was, was going to be part of that trade. Maybe, I mean, I don't know what to make of that, but that that kind of makes sense if that's the case. That could make sense. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm just, uh, spec- like I said, this is um, I'm on Twitter trying to see what's up. But I just saw a tweet five minutes ago, then I looked into that tweet. Then I read, led me to, um, well, I just went to uh, CD Deuce uh, Twitter, and he's kind of throwing subliminals, you know, but you just never know what an uh, athlete, that could be for anything. But Right. Now, uh, so, Jay, what do you think? It, 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 obviously, it's hard to answer because we don't know exactly what they're giving up, but if they're giving up the boatload of um, picks and players that everyone is kind of surmising, is that worth it to you, or would you rather just yeah. go with Jameis yeah. and, and, and go no. forward where they are? I would rather watch him. I got you. No, I think a lot of people uh, on both wrong. sides I like, like Jameis Winston, but, you know, I want Watson. And you know what's so crazy all this? Oh, he, haven't played a fo- he haven't played football in a year. Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not worried about him missing a year. I mean, in the short term, you're worried about him getting suspension, but you're not trading for Deshaun Watson for next year. You're trading for Deshaun Watson for where you could be five years from now and eight years from now. This is a long-term decision. This isn't a short-term fix thing. Also, uh, I heard a report this morning on another station that the Saints are restructuring contracts, making room, Uh, the number of players. Absolutely. The Saints are now – go ahead. The key move is Teron Armstead. If he resigns, that means the trade is going through. If yeah. he signs somewhere else, that means 
Watson is not coming to the Saints. That 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 makes a lot of sense. But to your uh, the point you just made, the Saints are now thirty million dollars under the cap, and and it's so funny to me when all these people go, "Oh, the Saints are in cap hell." And, <laughs> They, yeah, they yeah. got this and that, and, and this team that is now $30 million under the cap and have not cut a single player. It's just silliness when people panic about that stuff. I appreciate yeah, the call. Um, be all no, right, man. Good. All right. Thank you, Jay. It, I, I, I call it creative accounting. I mean, that's kind of what it is. And, and no, good, good point by Jay. Again, we, we've seen this. Players, you know, take a team off of their deal before. Sometimes it means something. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, Kyler Murray did it whenever that was, three weeks or so ago, and, and all signs point towards Kyler Murray's not going anywhere. But so it, it's hard to know what that means, but it is true that Chauncey Garner-Johnson was part of the original uh, rumored players to be leaving and. So again, we'll just guess and speculate, see how uh, all of that ends up. But it is, um, man. There's so look. It's hard to have a. I mean, some opinions are just wrong. But there are a lot of people on both sides of the should they or should they not with Deshaun Watson, and on both sides of the fence, there's a lot of good points. Uh, I don't know that you can have a totally wrong answer, opinion on this subject as far as it's a good thing or a bad thing. But, um, you know, and again, so many of the issues are non-football issues, which, you know, really complicate the, the whole deal. So um, I'm getting to the point where, all right, it's I'm like, enough already. Let's make a decision so we can move forward one way or the other. And, and, and I think uh, I'm sure the team feels that way. I'm sure the players who are in limbo, like Teron Armstead, like Jay just brought up, um, isn't, you know, thinking the same thing. And, and all these other free agents are starting to think the same thing. Uh, you know, it looks like Baker Mayfield is, if you believe what people are saying, whether he whether Deshaun Watson goes to Cleveland or not, it sounds like those two are separating. So I would think Baker Mayfield is going to end up with the Colts, but we will see how that plays. All right, it's time to take a timeout. We are out at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, and we'll give you what updates we know from here, which is not nearly as much as we thought because – the fog is kind of gone now. I can see a pretty far way off. I think uh, the fog is no longer a problem. But because the first tee time was about two hours ago, scheduled anyway, uh, it was about an hour delay before they got playing. So um, thing we're not going to have as many updates as maybe we thought originally. Again, we'll take that time out. We will be back for footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline, 706 0111, 706 
want to remind you about our great sponsors that allow us to be out here all week long at Le Triumph for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. Tibbs Trailers, you think in trailers, think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed, flatbed, or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers between Scott and Dusan. Also, Rope Soap and Dope, Katie workplace authority for over 20 years, offers supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs. Online at ropesoapanddope.com or visit their showroom on Highway 90 to find out how they can help your business. The Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Katie premier cigar pipe tobacco shop located in the All Center, and Golf Connection USA, golfconnectionlouisiana.com. Tailor-made self-driver is here. Also, a large variety of golf bags and shoes, Golf Connection USA, located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette. All right, so we've got we continue to monitor the NFL. Man, there were some things since we last spoke. The Buffalo Bills are serious about this stuff, folks. I mean, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, them cats want to win the Super Bowl. They signed Vaughn Miller to a six-year deal. Uh, I mean, Vaughn, we know is comfortable with snow. He played in Denver, even though he's from Texas, and um, but he must really like to freeze to death going to Buffalo, but. Uh, if you're the Bills, you got to be fired up about that acquisition. Um, you know, it's just fascinating all the moves people are making. The Chargers are looking good on paper. The Dolphins um, signed Raheem Mostert, who obviously played running back for the Cheaters um, when their new head coach used to be over there. So, you know, some of the similar type moves. Obviously, the the Yucks are still all in. With Godwin still re-signing with the Yucks, and it it just makes for a um, you know I, I I hear lately some of these national guys, and again it's not the ESPN division, so that that's partially why they you know how the NFC South is going to be terrible and the worst division in football and all of this ESPN division uh, mentality commentary or analysis and of course it's going to be dead wrong as usual uh but no it, it's um we'll see can you imagine if well first of all i you know i don't want deshaun watson to go for even if you think that the saints if you agree with less and a lot of other people who don't believe the Saints should get Deshaun Watson, even if you don't want Deshaun Watson. Do you really want him to go to your division? I sure don't. I sure don't. So, I, you know, if he goes to Atlanta, I think the Saints are still going to be really good. Obviously, Tampa's still going to be good uh, with the people they're re-signing. And, um, and then the Falcons are going to be better for sure. Now, the problem with the Falcons is I, I don't know how they're going to put much around Deshaun Watson if they get him because of the huge contract that that Matt Ryan signed. So, and all the dead money they're going to have there. And you know me, I'm not Mr. Dead Money. I think most of that is creative accounting, but I don't think I don't think the Falcons are as good at that as the Saints are. So, I think they're going to have a tough time and which which 
besides the fact that he's basically from the Atlanta area, I don't see any football reason why he would go to the Falcons. But um, people have gone home bef before. Speaking of going closer to where you're from, Freddie Freeman, not only did he leave the Braves, he went, he chose the punks. Freddie Freeman and the punks have agreed on a six-year, $162 million deal. And, you know, it's so funny. People who, there's so many people that for years hated the Yankees. Well, we, we've said it before. The Yankees are not the Yankees anymore. The punks are the Yankees. The the, the Yankees that so many people hated in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, I mean, they still wear the pinstripes. They're still located where they're located. Um, they're not playing in the same stadium anymore. But the team, the, the, the new Yankees is, is the Los Angeles Punks. And um, they continue to, you know, just sign players and, uh, we'll see. You know, they had Monk Muncie. Uh, they can afford now because of the DH uh, being in the National League to um, to have guys like Freeman and Muncie on their team, where one can always DH and the other one could play first base or or whatever other kind of DH option they have. And you know, supposedly they were trying to get Carlos Correa. I don't know if this. You know, I don't think money's an object for them. But I don't know if they would do, um, you know, now that they've got Freeman, uh, if they would still do Correa. And speaking of Carlos Correa, um, the, apparently the, the Orioles have offered him 10 years, $300 million. So, um, you know, if you believe the, 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 the talk, the the Astros are offering him more than thirty million a year, but for a you know much shorter period of time. So, but yeah, the Orioles they offer they've apparently offered Correa a three hundred million dollar ten year um, contract, and he's never had an MVP season. Unbelievable. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Troy. Hello. If, if this don't show you it's a business, and, and everybody's saying Atlanta did this, Atlanta did that. Atlanta did nothing. Atlanta had the offer to Freeman. Freeman didn't want the offer. Freeman, I really believe Freddie Freeman did not want to come back to Atlanta. He wanted to go to the Dodgers the whole time. And, and what are you going to do about it? Just sit back and, and, and lose out on Olsen too? Atlanta, Atlanta just had enough of waiting, and they moved on. I mean, it, like they say, it's a business, and that shows you right there it's a business because I really thought Freddie Freeman would be a break forever. There's not too many of those. I mean, it just it there it doesn't happen. You know, even even like even guys like Bagwell and Biggio and Chipper Jones in today's era, it would be even tougher to to, to stay there as long as they they have. It, it's just it, it it can happen, but it's it, it's tougher than it's ever been for that to happen. I mean, that Dodger lineup is scary, but, I mean, it, it, that's why they have to still play the game, but it is a scary lineup now. It it, it absolutely is. Um, it, it um, you know, you got you to gotta trust. Like, 
I've said before, if this was basketball or football, it, it would be over. But it's baseball, and so uh, no no lineup is bigger than the game. We've seen that, um, and so we'll see what happens. But, no, it, it, they're, boy, they're really easy to hate, no question there. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it must be nice just to buy anybody you want. I mean, you're right, though. They have taken over the Yankees. They, they, oh, they, they the are Yankees. now the team yeah. that, that everybody – they just buy what they want. Just – you don't want to play with them? Just come play with us. We'll we'll pay you whatever you want. And and I mean, is Freddie Freeman a great player? Yeah, but Atlanta didn't want to give him six years because he's thirty three years, thirty two, thirty three years old. That'd be thirty nine years old playing at a uh, playing and, and and making that kind of money. And and the, I guess they said that's just too old of a player. Yeah, I mean, no, do, I, I, do you think I think, I think the Braves, I think the Braves did the right thing. I w- I wouldn't worry about it. Wouldn't worry about it. It's about the team, not the individual. Exactly. I've been telling and, y'all and that, I, and I, I'm not saying that because because uh, Freddie left, but it, now he's the enemy. And and Olsen is not a back a bad backup plan. I think Olsen is a stud. No, he's good. He, he he's a good player. Hang in there, Char. Appreciate the call. Let's go all back right, to the. All, all right. Let's go back to the game hotline and uh, talk to Jason. Hello. Hey, Fred. What's up, buddy? Man, Troy kind of stole my thunder. I figured you were going to call today. Uh, yeah, talking about Freddie. I mean, I agree with what Troy was just saying. I mean, they, they I think he kind of wanted to go all the time because the Braves basically offered him the same contract, just one less year. And to me, you want to earn that. I mean, you don't think if he'd have played five years in Atlanta, they'd offer he'd be still playing well. They would have given him another year, two year extension, whatever. I mean, for whatever reason, the guy wanted to go. And I mean. I hear people blaming the Braves like the Braves did something wrong and all this stuff, and they should have gave him whatever he wanted. But no, it, like you just said, it's about the team. I mean, you gotta, you can't do something just to do it and, and at the detriment of your team. And uh, you know, he, you he know, so so say this six year was his big sticking point for him. I mean, I guess that's possible, but I mean, man, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I guess for us, the same contract they offered him, but one less year, same yeah. same same million dollars per year, same thing. I mean, you know, come on. That's that's. I was a Braves fan a long time since I since TBS came around and Freddie Freeman wasn't even born. Right. So, and I'm still a Braves fan because I'm a Braves fan. Like you say all the time, you root for your team. I mean, yeah. Freddie Freeman's gone, and you know, good riddance, whatever. But to go to the Dodgers, that's the other thing. The team that kicked you out the playoffs the last three years, and you finally beat them this year, and you go to them. I mean, that's that's, that's more reason to say, come on, man. You know, it's um, you know it's tough, and again, it's another example. Like I talked about earlier this week, why I just think it's short-sighted to be that wrapped up in players because they come and go. That's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature yeah. of the beast. All uh, right, Jay and y'all talking this earlier about CJ. There's, there's rumors that CJ is the one in the deal. Oh, there. I mean, that was one of the first rumors I heard that he was yeah. part of the deal. Yeah. Again, I heard we're all yes- guessing. Some guy called yesterday on – I was listening to your show in the afternoon. Not you, but whoever's on in the afternoon. Some guy called up and thought – I don't know if it was a guy or an interview or who it was, but he thought that the rumor he heard was three firsts, two-thirds, and Cesar Ruiz, which to me, I would do that in a heartbeat. A lot of a lot of Saints fans would be happy. You know, I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. But I don't believe that. Yeah. We'll see. All right, we'll, buddy. Hopefully care, we'll find out this afternoon. Thank you for the call. All, All right. right. 
Time to take another timeout. I mean, it's just, it needs to happen. I, you know, we don't want to come on anymore still waiting. We want to be analyzing, was it a good deal they made or a bad deal? Was it worth it? Hopefully something happens today. Kind of losing patience with the waiting game. I'm not, I'm not a real patient person on some things. Some things I'm very patient. Other things, this I'm losing my patience on for sure. All right. We will be back after this timeout. Footnotes of the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104. One Lake Charles at Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And of course, I got all these. Oh, you're an idiot. And you know, what kind of Saints fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And again, we are out at Le Triumph for the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open and we actually have results to tell you about. Not, you know, the if you didn't hear, because of the heavy fog, the tee times, uh, which were originally scheduled to go off at 7.20, it was almost an hour before they actually um, teed off because they probably couldn't even see where their ball was going to land because the fog was so, was so thick, much less see the green, unless it was a par three on the shorter side of par threes even. Uh, but now uh, the fog is lifted, and they are on the course. We've got a couple guys off to very hot starts. I don't know if it's Martin or Martin Flores. is two under through four holes. Justin um, Lower Lauer is two under through three holes. And Josh Teeter is two under through three holes. Also, on the back nine, uh, those all started on number one. Starting on the back nine is Shad Tootin, and he is two under through three holes as well. Uh, let's see. Um, um, Jose Rodriguez has only played two holes so far, and he's birdied both of them, which also Teeter did that as well, and then parred the third hole. So very, very early, extremely early, but wanted to give you what results. Got a couple guys on the first few groups here who are um, getting some birdies right off the bat, and we'll, you know, got lots of um, golf for the, over the next four days, and you know, because of the late tee time, there's a very good chance that they won't even finish today's round today. We'll see. We'll uh, the app the guys on in the afternoon. Maybe we'll have a better idea of that. But there there certainly is a chance that 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 could happen. Um, and that's just kind of the way it goes. That's not a new thing that's happened before. And weather is part of the deal. But now that the fog is lifted, this I mean, I see a couple clouds but not any kind anything to speak of mostly blue skies um uh the flags next to us look like they're whipping pretty decently so i don't know how, how, how the wind is affecting the golfers 
uh, out there right now. I do see some, a little bit of movement in the trees, not a lot. Um, but um, overall, the weather is good. It's just, I guess you just never know when fog is going to um, disrupt things as it did this morning. You know, when, when we had our, our press conference yesterday, you know, we asked Danny Jones about the weather and, you know, what all the behind the scenes work that, that Danny has done and, and all the people who are on the board under him. The last thing they want to worry about, have to worry about is weather because it's not anything they can control. And so once they get to the part of the tournament being played, um, I'm sure there's still things to do, but the bulk of the work is is behind them and. He just kind of leaves the weather to to other people. Uh, I, I, I I certainly get that. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to Paul. Hello. Morning, Foot. How you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Are you remaining patient? How are you? Uh, I'm having a good, glorious morning. <laughs> you know, I was worried about I had to call. You know, you're kind of handling this Freeman going to the Dodgers pretty well. Well, I'm not a Braves fan, so um, and the Dodgers aren't like in my Dodgers. league, and so you know they're in the other league. So the only time I'd have to worry, real, really worry about the Dodgers <laughs> is the World Series, and you know I'll play the 27 Yankees in the World Series. So I mean, you, I ain't worried about the, I ain't worried about the punks. I mean, I don't like them and I want them to lose, but I'm not, um, I'm not heartbroken by it. But all them Braves fans, they calling the day, boy. They they trying to hide the misery, but they they heartbroken that he left. <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed. I don't like the Braves, the Bravos. Now, for one thing, we have to correct right now. There's only one Yankee, one Yankee. The Dodgers, the oh, no, the punks are the Yankees. They don't want to be. Everybody want to be us. Every team want to be us. There's no such thing. They're the new Yankees. There's only one Yankee foot. No, they the new that's Yankees. That's all it is. Now, I don't know if Joe Torre wouldn't tell them how we handle business and they doing business like us, but they want to be. There's only one Yankee team. So we got to quit giving them the new Yankees for a dime. That, that's disrespect to Yankee fans. You that's should like the fact that you're not the most hated team in Major League Baseball anymore. You should like that. I don't, I Re- really embrace it. Don't hated. fight I it. always the most loved team. Until, well, until dealing with you and all of the, the other guys, I mean, that's what I find out. You might really be like both. You know, you 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 might be both. <laughs> but but now on this football thing, when I looked at the Falcons, I don't know if you saw that the Titans is cutting, uh, releasing um, Julio, and uh, it has rumored that Julio might be going back down there to the low ATL. You know, well, and they're that, trade Kyle that, Pitt. That w- oh no, I don't believe that. No. Yeah, I, I just I got a text about it this morning. I went and looked it up, and. They're interested in trying to trade that and get Julio. I mean, I look at it, they're looking to give the ranch away for Watson. They, I don't see Watson going there if they're going to do that because he's going to look at They ain't got nobody to come here for. Well, I agree. But, I mean, if they cut him, they're not going to be able to trade for him. They're not going to be able to trade him if they cut him. But they also uh, released Janoris Jenkins, so that didn't last long either. I, I don't know how many productive years Julio's got left. He's had so many injuries. Injur- injuries. He don't have long left. So, I mean, yeah. he can't ask for big money either. I mean, who really going to risk a lot for him? I mean, how are they going to get rid of Matt Ryan? Who going to really want him? What are they going to trade? I mean, I just look at it. Atlanta is sitting up here putting their wagon before their horse, and they ain't even got Watson. They going to deplete their team. <laughs> that benefits us. I'm all right with it. <laughs> it's kind of like what the Browns did. 
they putting they they trying to get Watson but not doing it right. And what if you don't get Watson and you still got Baker? Baker not going to be happy about playing for you. Well, if you believe what they're saying yesterday, Baker's not playing for them next year, whether they get Deshaun Watson or not. So exactly. I, I really so, you know, think I really think he's going to end up with the Colts. Nah, I thought that, but listening to you yesterday, because they they owner said we're not going to trade you to nobody in the division. That's what the owner of them said. Um, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. I, I think Baker oh, I Mayfield is getting up with the Colts. Don't come to the Saints. I don't care where he go. Long <laughs> as he don't come to the Saints, I do not want that trash. Don't you send me that trash. I don't want that Johnny Menzel guy. <laughs> but but I'm gonna let you go. But I want to let you know one last thing. There's only one Yankee. That's it. One. As others imitation. Nope, there's two now. They got one on each coast. Uh, You know, and and other teams, you know, the Padres throw a lot of money. The Phillies at times throw a lot of money at at things. So there are teams that try to be the Yankees. But, um, no, if if I'm a Yankee fan, I I would embrace the fact that, you know, the punks are going to become the most – the hated team, um, the way things are going and the way they've done business in recent years. That don't don't fight it, just embrace it. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I had to call back. Uh, Randy Velarde. Have a good day. <laughs> oh, Jay makes me laugh sometimes. <laughs> Seven oh six oh one 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 seven oh six oh one one one. Uh all right, we talked about Cajun baseball and Cajun softball going into the weekend. One thing that we haven't talked very much about is um the NCAA basketball tournament and this week and it it's gonna obviously be getting off what normally starts around eleven or a little after eleven, so right as we get um past the show. And I've heard people Again, I'm I'm certainly no expert, but but I heard someone say yesterday that they picked their final their their championship game pick was Gonzaga and Texas Tech, and I'm saying, man, I I haven't really analyzed that, but the first time I looked at the bracket, I thought that Gonzaga and Texas Tech were in the same region. And as I look at this bracket again here, they are in the same region. <coughs> so maybe I'm paying attention to the NCAA tournament bracket more than some people. And this guy said he filled out three brackets. He said, I filled out three brackets. And and one of my finals is Gonzaga and Texas Tech. And I... I didn't say anything because, again, I, I haven't filled out one, much less three. But I'm thinking, man, I thought when I looked at it, Texas Tech and Gonzaga were in the same region, and they are. So I'd like to see what his – I'd like to actually see the physical copy of how that bracket works. But, um, but no, I um, – you know, I I don't like chalk. Uh, unless my team is chalk, I don't like chalk. So if I was going to pick one, I would not pick Kansas. I, th- I think I would pick Arizona, although I really like Villanova. If Villanova was in another region, 
instead of being the two seed in the South, two of my four picks would be Arizona and Villanova, but can't do that because they're in the same region. I don't think Auburn's going to get there. I, again, I think the easiest region is the the one LSU's in. Um, so I think Wisconsin or Iowa are good picks. I don't trust Auburn. Don't trust Kansas. Um, don't trust Providence. So I, I think a good pick would be Iowa or or Wisconsin uh, out of out of the Midwest. Um, man, I think I would go with Purdue out of the East. And man, I, I really could see. I don't buy Michigan State, Texas Tech, maybe Arkansas. No, uh, I guess I'd have to go with Gonzaga. Would probably be my only number one pick, or Gonzaga in Arizona. But uh, I, 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 re- I made the comment earlier this week. I really think this is the best that I can remember in recent years of the most bound, other than the Midwest, which looks pretty weak to me. <coughs> I um, I think the other three are very balanced, and so I. I don't often, you know, I think committee's job is difficult. But, but I, I think this is the best job that I can remember them doing in recent years of it being pretty balanced instead of one being way tougher than, and then one being way, way, way easier. So we'll see how all that plays out. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish out the first hour of footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. Once again, we are out at La Triumph for the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, and we'll give you the very early update. Again, we had a couple people we mentioned in the last segment who were couple of players who are off to minus two starts through two holes, three holes, and four holes. A couple birdies early on, but again, it's extremely early. And if you didn't get the news, they, because of the early morning fog, got off about somewhere between 50 minutes to an hour late on the tee times. And so we'll see how that impacts the ability to finish the round. But I uh, want to, again, thank Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, the Cigar Merchant, and... Golf Connection USA for their sponsorship of us being out all all week long out here. Also want to remind you to go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Put yourself in position to win a half-shell Oyster House $50 gift certificate. Hopefully uh, you, you will do that by going to the website today. By the way, one of the names that we talk a lot about on this show, Grinky Dinky Dong, he's officially... Not an Astro. 
he signed a one-year $13 million deal with the Kansas City Royals uh, team he had been to before. So no more grinky dinky dong. But the Astros will play him. So we'll see how that plays out. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome into or back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. Presented by Miss Strauss. We've been out here all week. We'll have one more day on the show. and then Some of us will be around even more on the weekend. We'll see how all of that uh, plays out. Um, Want to let you know, there is one red-hot golfer, Jose de Jesus Rodriguez from Mexico, has played four holes, and he's birdied all four. So, uh, it's hard to get. I mean, I guess you could get an eagle, but I mean, other than that, he is um, he is on fire. He teed off on one. He's birdied the first four holes, and and yet he only has a one-stroke lead over a trio of golfers. So right now, Rodriguez is leading. Uh, again, I see a every once in a while a branch kind of moves from what I can see from afar, but it doesn't look like the wind is really an impact right now. Uh, and so I'm sure there's going to be, a, if the weather stays like this for the next three hours or so, the morning round group will be putting up some mighty good scores uh, would be what I would expect. So we'll keep an eye on as the hour goes on. And we'll be getting off the air about an hour from now and see if anybody else makes in a run or, or sees what maybe kind of score Rodriguez can can post. Again, uh, we out here all week thanks to Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, The Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA. We will be talking, Begin. we began it last week, our weekly visit leading up into the Kentucky Derby uh, with our good friend Mr. Tom. And, and he's going to, by the time we get to the beginning of May for the Kentucky Derby, we're going to have a pretty good idea more than ever before about the horses and you know kind of what's playing out um on the way to the kentucky derby so we appreciate mr tom educating us so for you know guys you know people have been making bets on the kentucky derby way before gambling officially came to louisiana don't get me wrong but for those who are maybe more involved in the gambling game and like to place a friendly wager here and there um give give you a chance to to have some real good reasons that doesn't mean you're going to win but again mr tom last year he was nailing he nailed i think he nailed the winner of all three triple crown races so he did uh he he had a banner year handicapping the triple crown races last year we'll see how (coughs) how he can do this year and i'm sure he's got his own thoughts about freddie freeman and i know he's a big baseball fan as well as we wait, speaking of baseball, uh, we meant we talked about Freddie Freeman uh, with a couple callers last hour. Mentioned Zach Grinky before we went to the top. The other guy who's kind of waiting and watching, kind of like we were talking about a lot of these NFL teams are, 
on the Deshaun Watson Watson situation is Trevor's story. You know, there. You know, we mentioned tossed his name out there a couple times. We mentioned him earlier this week as a guy who, you know, if the Carlos Correa thing doesn't pan out, maybe the Astros could think about signing. Um, now, you know, you're hearing things like maybe the Red Sox would look at him, although I don't think the Red Sox are going to do anything. The Yankees, I really thought all along that Trevor Story was going to sign with the Yankees, but then the Yankees made the trade uh, that in, that included Isaiah Kiner Falefa, and, and so I kind of think he's going to be their, their short, starting shortstop. So, um, I don't know where Trevor Story's going to go, and, and, and I think the Correa thing needs to happen first, and then we'll see. But if, um, you know, the Padres are one of those teams that are kind of always after team, after players, in at least in last few years. They obviously have a shortstop, but he's out for the first three months. Um, they seem to have a good replacement, so I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, again, uh, the Correa thing needs to happen. And once that happens, um, we can, you know, Trevor Story is one of the big names, the next big names to see where he's going to go. And again, he's a very interesting situation because he, 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 he got off to a great start in his career, but he was terrible last year. And, you know, how do you interpret a bad year offensively in Colorado? Um, I've, you know, if the Astros got him, what I would be kind of hanging my hat on is that he got into a little, you know, disagreement with the owner and, and his contract and some guys don't handle that very well. And it didn't look like he handled it. I mean, the Astros didn't play him, but a couple times last year, but when he was in, he didn't even look like he was interested. He did not look like he wanted to be out there. And so, and then he's had this very trying off season, and like a lot of baseball players have. So we'll see how that plays out. Once again, uh, we've talked about Cajun baseball and softball. Baseball team won again last night, getting the offense going, uh, heading into the Sun Belt Conference opener on the road against Troy. We've talked about the softball team and man it's it's some trying times right now for the softball team things are not going well and they didn't finish well last year not getting out of the regional again had really high hopes uh you know some people's hopes were probably too high for this team because of all the the publicity of having so say the number one recruiting class in the country i you know I, I, I didn't play that up big. I don't even know if I've mentioned it. You know, I think somebody um, called, one or two callers called and, and brought it up, and I responded to their calls. But I don't I don't know that I've written it in any stories or mentioned it on the air. I just, I just don't buy most of that kind of stuff. I mean, who knows? What, I mean, a recruiting class. I mean, I, you know, who knows? Time will tell on all that stuff. Um, oh, getting news here that the Cleveland Browns have taken themselves out of the running for Deshaun Watson. Now, I think that's because he probably wasn't going there. I wonder, or is that they're trying to salvage um, 
the Baker Mayfield situation or they just don't want their name mentioned anymore and they're going to try to go forward with whatever they're going to try to go forward. Maybe they're trying to salvage the Baker Mayfield situation, although it seems really bitter right now. And Baker has a real big chip on his shoulder. (laughs) He, uh, I don't know, that's just a messed up situation. Um, According to the report, they still view Baker as a quarterback. And again, maybe, again, if you throw money and you go groveling to him, I'm sure he'll he'll relent. But, man, it just seems so bitter. And it seems um, if you're a GM and your quarterback kind of acts immaturely and doesn't handle things well, what do you do? And maybe they've said, you know what? If we don't smooth over things with Baker, um, <clears throat> what are we going to do then? <laughs> what are you going to do then? I don't know. I mean, the Colts are probably figuring what in the world are we going to do. Um, you don't want to draft and count on one of these rookies. You know, I know people try to play up the draft, and again, we'll get to the draft next week. And I know people try to play that up, but you don't want to count on one of these rookies i mean that's just that's not something i ever want to do that's and thankfully that's not something the saints ever want to do but uh, you know even for someone like the the browns i mean they have a on paper a pretty good roster why would you want to you know it's hard enough to trust a baker mayfield who you should have never drafted number one. I wouldn't have even drafted him in the first round. I wouldn't have drafted him 32 in the first round, much less one in the first round. But if you once you did draft him and now he has some experience, uh, you know, why would you want to go to a rookie? So you don't want to do that. So if you don't get Jimmy G, who's got injury issues, it seems like, each year, like where else are you going to go? So I understand them saying, you know what, we don't really want this guy, Baker Mayfield. We're tired of his shenanigans, um, but where are we going to go next? So I, I get it if they go back and kind of grovel and say, please come back, please, please, please come back. Um, that is, you know, that would be, it would make sense because they're kind of in a desperate situation. But anyway, that's the update that we have on the, the the Deshaun Watson situation. Apparently the Cleveland Browns have said, okay, we're out of, we're out of this little race. So. I think most people believed when they kind of put the coverage to bed last night before waking up this morning that it's between the Saints and the Falcons. Um, Interesting because you have um, two teams, two cities that I think would both embrace Deshaun and handle the the off-the-field issues better than, like, some of these other towns around so um and obviously both in the nfc south not too many people are talking about the arnolds anymore um so what are the arnolds gonna do at quarterback (laughs) i mean what are the arnolds gonna do at quarterback (sighs) now but you know one of the things that we don't talk enough about that is interesting and again some of this might be just coach speak i get that but whether you picked them or not, all these teams evaluate these quarterbacks when they come out of the draft, whether it's Sam Darnold 
or what you know Baker Mayfield or whatever quarterback that comes out of the draft. Even if you didn't draft him, you still evaluated him. You still probably went to his pro day. Um, you know, you you, you kind of you had an opinion of him. Man, if I was in that position, we would have drafted him. Or if I was not in that position, um, like Drew Lott. Now, it might be convenient. Might be. But coaches kind of get infatuated or think highly. I remember Sean Payton, Casper the Quitter. He always liked Mike Glennon coming out of the draft, and he has admitted that you know, over the years. And Mike Glennon didn't turn out to be very much. But, um, you know, Seattle is now saying, man, we really liked Drew Locke when he came out. They liked him. They claimed they like him. Who knows? So what I'm, the point I'm getting to is what if the Colts had high grades on Sam Darnold coming out, just to throw out a name? They might have, you know, maybe some of these teams have higher opinions of some of the, like maybe the, the Steelers thought pretty highly, obviously, of Mitchell Trubisky coming out because now he's going to be their starting quarterback. So you, you never know how that's going to work. Teams who never drafted a guy, but they still think highly of him, even though it didn't work out in another situation. Just something to, to keep in mind as we move forward here. All right. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit to our, as we begin our weekly countdown to the Kentucky Derby in less than two months now. With Mr. Tom, we'll do that next on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we get to our special guest, want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, ice chest, a tumbler, chairs. $500 Visa gift card, and after that long list, there's still an and tickets to an Astro game. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Put yourself in position to win the Ultimate Crawfish Ball, again brought to you by J&J Exterminating Kramer Equipment and Cody's Crawfish. All right, we have with us Mr. Tom. How are you, sir? I'm very good today, Kevin. So, uh, do you um, sympathize with the Braves fan for losing Freddie Freeman, or are you kind of chuckling? <laughs> the punks. <laughs> uh, baseball, you said it earlier, baseball is a business now. I mean, Freddie, Freddie's what, 33, 32? Yep. And he got 10 years from the Dodgers? He got six one sixty two. Six six. Okay. Well, I remember the Rodriguez dude. You remember the first big blockbuster deal in baseball when they gave Alex what two hundred fifty two billion? Yeah, that was crazy. You know, I don't think a baseball team that ever signs 
a person to a long-term contract ever expects them to finish it. You know, that's what it comes down to. Ever expect to finish it. Something happens usually in between and so forth. So I'm just kind of amused right now because the, the, the free agent season is so short. The window is so short. I mean, I'm curious to know what what the is Carlos going to take that Baltimore deal. What do you think? Well, I, I don't think he will, but it wouldn't shock me. Um, no, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me, me because I he, he likes he's one that likes to. I, I don't know. I I always said if he goes to the punks, I'll be very disappointed, uh, lose respect for him, and uh, and I would be very surprised because I, I don't think that's the way he he does things. But but we will no. see. All right. So let's get to horse racing. First of all, you know, I don't know sure. that I've ever asked you about this, but when we had our press conference uh, yesterday here uh, out at the yep. Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, one of the mm-hmm. pros that we interviewed um, talked about how for because of the nature of golf being an outdoor sport, all the complications that so many sports have with COVID, it affected golf, yes, but it didn't really, really, really negatively affected. And they were picked up. They were able to pick up and, and kind of hit the ground running um, um, pretty quickly. Can you mm-hmm. say the same thing for horse racing? Or, or how would you say now that we're not – it's not over with, but at least we're, we can see the finish line, it seems. How would you assess the impact it had on the horse racing industry? Well, it had a huge impact in, in the sense that it, it made it more um, – uh, enclosed sport, but people have to remember during the COVID, during the two years of COVID, horse racing was the only sport that went wire to wire. And the reason it did is because horses have to be taken care of. And it, you can't just sit them in the barn. They have to right. work out and they have to do all that. So what they did, they implemented the, the, the protocols immediately. And they kept everybody close to the various tracks. And they, they monitored everything because they had to run every day. Horses have to work out every on a schedule. And so the effect of COVID on horse racing was far less than it was on the, the real spectator sports. Horse racing lost its spectators a long time ago. People show up for big events, but they're not there every day. In the old days, it used to be every day you'd have ten or 12,000 people at the big tracks. So, yes, to add to your question, the regular sports took a beating because they didn't have fans. Horse racing didn't lose very much at all because they, they raced the whole time. I mean, and they did, never, you know, never off, shut the doors. Off-track betting was already big. Did it become significantly yeah. bigger? Uh, well, I'm not so sure it got any bigger because it always had fans online. Uh, And I'm pretty sure, as a betting sport, that it probably didn't lose a whole lot in terms of money, uh, because I saw most of the purses that continued to stay the same way. But, you know, it's again, golfers talking about an outside sport, we're an outside sport, too, you know. know, And you have to kind of, I don't know, you, you just have to keep, horses have to keep in training, and you have to take care of them. And so they did these protocols early, kept people close to the track, took care of people when they got sick, you know, that kind of stuff. So, no, I'm pretty sure that. Right. But based on your conversation, some of the things you said last week, is this weekend 
the least active weekend between now and 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 when we before we said the Derby field or, or what what does it look like this yeah, weekend yeah. in terms uh, of Derby? I, I equate I equate this weekend to the to the NFL finals. You you got your conference championship in the NFC. You got your conference championship in the AFC, and then you wait two weeks. It'll be two weeks before we have the Louisiana Derby. That'll be the first big derby. And the UAA Derby from Dubai will be the same day. And the next day they have the Windstar from Sunland Park in El Paso. But those are the first 100-point derbies in two weeks. And that's when we really get going in two weeks. We really find out who can run. Now, have you tweaked where you know any your opinion any at all on, on the ones you're high on, or have you added a horse or two, or taking one off, or no? Well, yeah, sort of, but not really, because only Classic Causeway, who won the Tampa Bay Derby and won it pretty emphatically, went right to the lead and led all the way and ran a very good time, but he didn't get a big figure. Tampa Bay is kind of like AAA baseball, you know what I mean? It's not the big track, and they're not the best horses. But Classic Causeway has done everything right, and his trainer is one of the best, Brian Lynch from Australia, and he'll get him ready. But there isn't much else to say. I'm still high on Barber Road. I don't know what he'll do in the Arkansas Derby, uh, but that's kind of where I stand right now with that. Now, no other horse impressed this past weekend? Well, yeah, we the people. But he ran in a in a, a an entry level race and a a, a maiden special weight race, and he's a three year old that can run. I mean, he ran a big figure, and they might he'll probably show up at one of the derbies. I'm sure either Florida or maybe in uh, maybe in New York, and then a filly called Secret Oath that uh, I believe Dwayne Lucas has in Arkansas. They're talking about him running in the her running in the derby, but. That's another thing. I'm not really sure. But um, nothing really impressed because it's hard to get a handle on a horse that's coming out of a maiden race. You know? Hard to get a handle. So, in terms of how, how difficult of, of a decision is it for these trainers to know going into, you know, say over the last three or four months, to how, how often to race your horse? Well, that's a big key, a big, uh, big thing, and it's a very good question. You have to get your horse ready for that first Saturday in May. You know, if you're going to the Super Bowl or you're going to the World Series, you want your team to peak then. And it's the same with horse racing. That's what trainers do. They want their horses ready to give you the best effort on the first Saturday in May. And so all trainers are different. But they all run them through these prep races so they could get enough points. You got to get enough points. There's only seven horses right now that have enough points probably to make the Derby, and and there'll be more near in the future. But right now, there's about, probably only about seven. I mean, does it ever happen that 18 don't get the points? Oh yeah, no. You're going to lose some anyway. You're going to probably have 25 horses, five on also eligible. You'll lose some to. You know, fevers, uh, shins, something will happen to a couple of them, and they'll put in some other ones. But, yeah, last year we ran, uh, I think, 18 or 19, but it, it, yeah, sometimes it's less than 20. And, and, and they, they want it to be 20, but sometimes it's less. It just depends. 
So for someone like you who's paying really close attention to this, is the worst yeah. thing that you hope to avoid the same thing that these you know people running put on a golf tournament or a baseball game hope to avoid, yeah. and that's bad weather to where it can oh, really yeah. impact how that's you can the, analyze a race. Yeah, that's the first thing you want is you want a good track. Um, the Derby is often run on bad tracks, so it's it, about one out of five years you're going to have a trashy track. That's just the way it is. It's springtime in Kentucky, and you get a lot of tornadoes and rain and all that other stuff. But that's the first thing you would like not to have is a wet track. Because even though the, 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 the theory is, and people will tell you this all the time, a good horse will run on any surface. But that doesn't mean that it'll run its best on a bad track. And you really want to, lim- to avoid that, Okay. Trainers don't train horses on off-tracks unless they have to. And you don't want to prepare your horse for an off-track. You want to prepare for the perfect conditions. And you want to peak it at that time. That's the key. You want your horse to peak. So if, if a trainer says, I don't want to run him for three weeks, that's fine. He knows what he's doing. That's it. You know. Oh. All right, now I know you pay attention to baseball, and I know you're yeah. big into horse racing. But have you did you uh, are you interested in the NCAA tournament? Have you filled out a bracket yet? Well, I don't do that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I don't have a whole lot of time for it. I, I look at it, and I'm like you this year. It's interesting. There's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of teams in there that uh, that can win. I think. I mean, it, when I looked at those brackets, I mean, there was one bracket in the Midwest. I think it was kind of you know, it didn't appeal appeal to me too much. But, I mean, I don't see anybody beating Gonzaga if they play. Do you? I mean, I really don't. I mean, if they play their game. Yeah, I, I hate picking number one seeds, but um, I, 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 I um, I, you know, it, it'd be it'd be hard. Other than Texas Tech, I don't, I don't, I don't know who I could pick over Gonzaga. So I kind of agree with you. Yeah, there. I mean uh, Baylor's good too. I mean they they won last year and they're still real good. Texas Tech did they win three years ago or two years ago? Yeah, uh, no, I, yeah, I think I, I I can trust them to be to be tough enough. But Baylor, I mean B- Baylor's not going to win. So you know, I don't they, think they, they, yeah, they're, they're not going to win. So I, I wouldn't pick Baylor. Through. You know, said Scott Drew is looking at LSU. I don't know about that, but that's yeah. You know, that, I heard that, about that. That 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 sounds like um, it would be it would be quite a coup if it happened. But man, why would he? Why would he do that? But anyway, he do uh, he do that to be in the SEC. That's why. You know, uh, Baylor's going to be in the defunct Big Twelve in a few a few years when Texas and Oklahoma leave. No, that that, that 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 is a good point. All right, well, I appreciate your time. Thank you, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Mr. Tom. Thank you very much, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. All right, we will take a timeout, come back on the game, give you an update, and see we had a couple hot golfers the last time we glanced in at it. We'll give you a little bit of an update when we come back on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 17, 2019, Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy wins the biggest check in golf by edging Jim Furyk by one stroke at the PGA Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. McIlroy takes home $2.25 million in prize money. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right. Want to remind you again about the Hangout Music Festival. Returning to Gulf Shores this summer. Actually, the dates are May the 20th through the 22nd. And if you would like to win VIP passes, all you need to do is go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club, and you can win the VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival in Gulf Shores, Alabama, May the 20th through the 22nd. Again, obviously the websites are 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, want to give you an update. He must really like the course, um, and I don't um, – it's possible that I will not say his name right, but Peter Uline, he's from Jupiter, Florida. He's five under through eight. He was on the leaderboard here last year quite a bit, as I remember. And so, um, so you know, some guys just kind of match up and enjoy certain courses. Again, he is the current leader, five under through eight holes. He teed off on one. In fact, I think he was, if I'm reading this tee sheet, he was the first guy to tee off today just on the other side of the fog. And like we said Earlier, the, the the originally scheduled tee time was 7:20, but it didn't tee off till 8:30. So a little, I thought it was a little short of an hour. Turns out it was a little more than an hour before they teed off. So probably means there's a good chance that we may not get all the golfers in today and have to finish a few tomorrow. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, Jose. The Jesus Rodriguez, who got all birdie the first four holes, he's calmed down a little bit. He's still four under, but he's actually parred a few holes through six. So he's, he um, birdied the first four, parred the next two, and he, again, is four under. So that's kind of your leaderboard uh, as we speak out here at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open. And I want to remind you that uh, we've been out here all week thanks to these sponsors, Tibbs Trailers, you think in trailers? Think Tibbs Trailers. Whether you tug it, tow it, or transport it, Tibbs Trailers is your headquarters for enclosed flatbeds or hydraulic trailers. You won't find a better selection than Tibbs Trailers. We just had a Tib that was out here visiting us. Good seeing him, and he's working the tournament uh, this weekend. Tibbs Trailers located between Scott and Dusan. Also, Rope, Soap, and Dope, Acadiana's workplace authority for over 20 years Offer supplies for all your industrial safety and janitorial needs online at Rope Soap and Dote or, or, or visit their showroom on Highway 90 and let them show you how to help your business. Also, the Cigar Merchant. You're always welcome to light up at the Cigar Merchant, Acadiana's premier cigar and pipe tobacco shop located in the Oil Center. And last but certainly not least, the Golf Connection USA, Golf Connection Louisiana.com, tailor-made stealth drivers are in, as well as a large variety of golf bags and shoes. Located 2009 West Pinhook Road in Lafayette, Golf Connection, USA. All right, so we, um, at least I have not been, the only news that we've gotten on the Deshaun Watson front since we've been on the air is that the Browns are no longer part of it, and so... Um, we will continue to wait. Hopefully by tomorrow, 
sometime this afternoon a decision is made and again like i've been saying i'm i'm really fine either way um i understand from a football standpoint what a young franchise quarterback can do for a for a franchise I also know that, or I also believe, contrary to a lot of people nationally, that the Saints are in really good shape in most positions right now. And if they can just get a break health-wise and stop shooting themselves in the foot with these suspension kind of things, that uh, um, you know they would be really in good shape and could win as many games or more um, this next season with Jameis Winston as the quarterback. So hopefully they can figure it out. I, I, I'm good either way. Uh, it's just time to, to, you know, as they say, fish or cut bait here because they need to uh, decide what they're going to do. The, the only scenario I'm not okay with is if the um, they lose, they don't get, Deshaun Watson, and they don't get Jameis Winston. Then this fat boy will enter panic mode, uh, but not until then. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to Nikki V. Hello. March Madness, baby. Die for, die for dandy. PTP, Nikki V, what's going on, Kevin? All right, so um, tell me who you've got or who you're high on. Well, it's not a matter who I'm on. I, I just want to dedicate this all to Big Bye Town. Okay. I got Kevin, you. Let, let's do a little, a, little, a, little, a, little, a little quiz, Kevin. I'm going to give you an A, a B, and a C, and I want you to give me that word, which you think it's going to be. And we're going to talk about the, uh, that fool that has got found. Okay, is it A, he's the most stupidest person on earth, or is it B, he's the most arrogant person on earth, or is it C, he was, he was just going to do what he was doing because he knew he was going to get fired. Which one do you think I, it was? I, I, I think C. You think C? I think yeah, C I think C. it's C. Yeah. Because even after he, they pulled him in the office and uh, the bus at him, he said, you still went out and did it again. You know, I mean, one of them, one of them uh, level ones was after that. So this guy here, Kevin, this is almost like, I don't even think he's going to make a movie about it. Is that one, of the, one of the players' uh, girlfriend was driving him. I mean, with blackmailing him, Kevin, this is this, this is outrageously funny stuff. And we've seen it on basketball movies before. You know how uh, seedy it can be behind the scenes. No question, yes, sir. Yeah, like blue chips. You remember blue chips with Shaq and all them? I mean, exactly. You know, yeah. What, what, what was the uh, the blue chips, Sunny? Yeah, maybe Sunny was involved with this one too. But <laughs> you know, I didn't want to go ahead and you know, I, I guess I. I am taking a victory lap because of what I said before, but still, Kevin, it is good. Sometimes it's just sweet to see what people get what they deserve. You know what I mean? Well, and now you got Freddie Freeman. And I sure do. The punk got Freddie Freeman. And, you know, I like that nickname, Kevin. I like that because the punk got Freddie Freeman now, and we're going to be able to uh, use him with D.H. and Max Muncy. We can rotate him back and forth and all like that. One D.H. can put Max Muncy at second. I mean, it's, it's the clock. Because I sure didn't want to, I sure didn't want him to, him to pay Correa with that kind of money. I'd rather him pay Freeman. You know, he's going to be more of a clubhouse guy and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know about our pitching, but uh, I, I think we're going to contend for uh, for the, the title. Well, your pitching—it just seems like y'all have had so many health issues with your pitching in recent years. 
Yeah, with Dustin May needs to come back healthy right now, that's going to be a, a, a big key. I don't even know if he's going to be ready for spring. I haven't even read up on it yet. That's how much I'm not into baseball right now. But uh, it's going to be interesting, Kevin. I, I'm going to have to get my, uh, all, all my focus on fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball because now I'm not even ready for that. Are you? Well, no, but we don't even know who's on all the teams yet. I mean, it's exactly. crazy. Yes. I know. I know. It's but nuts. It's be, we'll talk closer when it gets to it, Kevin. You have a good day. All right. Take care. Well, the man is fired up. I, I, I kind of been waiting for that call, and I got to give him some um, credit for not, you know, waiting a little while <laughs> before he put took his, as he put it, his, his his victory lap. All right, let's go back to the game hotline and talk to David. Hello. Hey, Kevin. <clears throat> Howdy, sir. Hey, I was reading that uh, Mike Florio and Jeff Duncan said Sean Payton wouldn't be interested in the Sean Watson and then Mike Florio said, it's not off-the-field related. <laughs> so what am I supposed to, you know, what do you think about that? What are you supposed to make of that? Um, The only thing, again, the first thing that came to mind when you said that is something that we talked about with Russell Wilson. When, when people were talking about Russell Wilson coming to New Orleans, again, I, I, I remember we talked about it before that as good a quarterback as in a career as Russell Wilson's had, I don't know how he would fit in to a Sean Payton offense because so much of that is is throwing the ball on time. And, and Deshaun and Russell Wilson are two of the quarterbacks that like to extend plays, extend plays. Uh, and, it, you know, it's not about throwing the ball on time and getting rid of the ball and – so I I don't know how either one would fit into totally what um what uh, Sean Payton likes to do with his offense or at least what he did for fifteen or so years with Breeze. Yeah, that's all okay. I can think of. Yeah, it's just like I I can't see especially with any everyone in the NFC South going after Deshaun Watson. I can't see Sean Payton not doing the same thing if he was still here. You know. Yeah, that, that again. I have no idea that that is an interesting statement to make. Um, who knows? And, and you know, I gotta believe we talk about vetting, but 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 I gotta believe that the Saints front office uh, spoke to team leaders. I gotta believe they even talked to people who were like really close in the you know huge sponsors um as part of you know the organization and obviously the owner too um before they went this far between it you know this far trying to do it so but i'm like it's interesting something needs to happen we need to hear something oh no it needs to happen i heard that the falcons are going to be you know if they don't hear anything about today they're pulling out too you know because i mean who reported that um uh it's some someone verified on Twitter. I don't remember. I saw I saw I saw I saw the tweet though. I I don't I don't see how they're gonna. I I just don't know how they're gonna make it work because again, Matt right. Ryan's number is like, humongous. Right, and I heard that uh, they didn't uh, restructure Matt Ryan, so like his cap wouldn't have been that big. Um, they're kind of waiting until you know this whole thing with the Sean Watson goes over. But uh, but still, like they don't have any pieces, you know. 
And the and the other good news, I agree. The other good news is let's just say, for argument's sake, that Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta or wherever and doesn't come to New Orleans. The Saints are thirty million dollars under the cap now. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they could actually we can get go a tight end, a wide receiver. Yeah, get Jameis. You know, and they'd have all these draft picks. Yeah. I don't know how to dance, know, but this fat boy would still be dancing. Right. It's like. I want Deshaun Watson. It'd be nice to have, you know, two elite quarterbacks back to back long term, you know. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess you just stick with Jameis. The and Saints can be winners either way picture. as long as they get Jameis. As long as this doesn't carry on forever and they lose, and they alienate Jameis, too. So. Uh, we don't want the worst scenario, but any either option short of the worst case scenario, I'm good with. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Thank you. All right. Appreciate the call. Uh, I don't. I, he said he heard a. He said he saw a report, which I did not see, but I've been doing the show too. That the um, the Falcons could do a a Cleveland Browns thing if if something doesn't happen soon. Hmm. Hmm. Does that mean they all think that he's coming to New Orleans or who knows what that means? Again, it's time for this to happen. Man, I sure hope by the time the Saints start, we come, I mean, the, by the time we start the show tomorrow at 9 a.m. that we know because we need to know. All right. Time for take a time out. Finish out the show on the other side. We'll do that. Give you one final update. See if anybody's made a, a push that we hadn't previously reported. We'll do that on the other side of this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Great news, my sports loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to thank one last time on today's show, anyway, our sponsors out here at the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open Tibbs Trailers, Rope Soap and Dope, the Cigar Merchant, and Golf Connection USA. I said I'd give you an update. Our Peter Uline, if I'm saying that correctly, it remains. Actually, no, he is now the co leader. He has played 10 holes. He teed off on one, so he is theoretically still on 11. He is 5-under. And Jose de Jesus Rodriguez from Mexico is now 5-under through 7. He is on hole number 8. And so a new one kind of in the mix, Mark Anderson, is now 4-under through 6. So we have three guys within one stroke of of each other. Um, and again, off the red hot starts, the weather conditions that I'm seeing here look like they could lend to some really um, low scores. Guys running off a lot, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, they got to um, 
64s and, and things like that, uh, uh, scores in that range. So we will see. We'll obviously have a little more tomorrow. By the time I get on the air tomorrow, I would think that we would have the first round completed and have official, even if they don't finish today. But we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, who knows? It might be foggy again tomorrow. We'll we'll wait and see. All right. So, again, appreciate uh, the phone calls. Appreciate Mr. Tom coming on. Keep us updated as we get closer to one of the, I would think, biggest betting days of the entire year, which is the Kentucky Derby, first Saturday in, in May. And hopefully, 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 by the time we get on the air and Raymond gets on the air in the morning, we have some resolution one way or the other of this whole Deshaun Watson situation. It's time. It is definitely time. Appreciate James pinch hitting for our world traveler, Hannah. Y'all have a nice day.